Welcome to Voices from the Bench, a dental laboratory podcast. Send us an email at info at voicesfromthebench.com or look for us on Facebook at Voices from the Bench. Greetings and welcome to Voices from the Bench. My name is Elvis. My name is Barbara. What's happening, Barbara? It's nine o'clock on a Sunday morning. Not much, actually. (laughs) (laughs) So you were in Chicago planning for next year's Cal Lab meeting since you sit on that board and new president Jeff Strunk running the show. Any tidbits you can give us on next year's program? Any hints? We're going to focus on culture, digital, removables, implants, you know, you name it. I can't tell you too much, but uh, we had a great planning session and a lot of really good ideas. That's where we put the meeting together. We just kind of throw ideas up on the wall and who's going to speak on those ideas. And it all just kind of comes together and it's pretty awesome. And Jeff Strong is the new chair of Cal Lab. Chair. Great job. And I enjoyed working with him and Jim Gorgel, who's uh, co-chair sitting in my uh newly appointed position in a year. So I'm looking forward to that. Last February, you guys had Frank Spear. Yes. You're going to be able to top that? He was amazing. He was a great speaker. Um, I don't know about topping it, but maybe equaling it. Sure. Absolutely. You can't, you can only go up. I'll make sure I'm available to keynote this year. You You got it. (laughs) I said, how about Elvis? How about Elvis? How's that? If anything, I can just ham bone on stage for an hour. Yes, you can. We all know that. You're a gifted man. So last week, the sad news that Peter Dawson passed away. It was all over social media. Everybody was mentioning it. Now, Barb, I know you're highly into the AACD and all that. Have you ever been to Dawson? Yes, I have. Absolutely. So you went through that program. Did you get to meet Peter Dawson? Yes, absolutely. I have. Wow. They do their Dawson program in St. Pete, so it's about 40 minutes away from where I live. So I've been to several of those programs. And yes, he's he's an amazing, amazing man. It will be duly missed. Yeah. Highly respected, wonderful, amazing man. I've never gone through the Dawson Academy, but I've known doctors who have. And from what I gather, it's all about articulation and occlusion. Am I correct in thinking that? Yes. Yes, he's the father of occlusion, I think, is what they call him or have called him. I hope I'm not wrong there. But uh, yeah, he's wrote many books and he pretty much studied and founded it and taught it until the day he passed. He will be missed and I'm sure his legacy will live on years and years to come with the Dawson Academy. Absolutely. So this week, we continue our conversation with Todd Heidock from Zest Dental Solutions. In this part, Todd talks more about the global reach that Zest has, their fixed solution called the FTX, and the art of picking up attachments chairside versus doing it in the lab. And of course, what's next for Zest? You know, here at Summer, we do a lot of locator cases. Heck, I think we did five last week. And uh, one of them was actually on an IMZ implant. Uh, Thank you, Preet, for saving me on that one. But Zest has so much more to offer. So let's get back to the conversation we had with Todd Heiduck. Voices from the Bench. The interview. As well, but they need to look at their laboratory as like an extension of their practice, of their business. And 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 unfortunately, 
I couldn't go into it saying, hey, I'm going to professionalize this whole industry. But what I could do is I can professionalize the relationship between the lab and, and the doctor. Yeah. And one of the things I, I realized is I spent a lot of time over in Europe uh, years ago. And I noticed is that most of the clinicians over in Europe, whether they're dual trained or whatever, they didn't do anything without the assistance of their lab technician or their or their laboratory. They the laboratory was always involved with everything that they've done, and they they held their laboratory technicians with high regard. And you know, and I spent a lot of time in Canada as well, and, and managing up there. And I, I noticed a very a lot of similarities. And I think because you know Canada has a lot of like European Asian influence uh, folks, you know, coming from all over, living there. And they, they, they look at their laboratories similarly. And here in the United States, though, I just I, I don't see I don't think the dentists really look at their laboratory and hold them at as high regard as they should. Yeah. I, I don't agree. think there's as much as appreciation that should be done there. And uh, but, uh, but not to take away from the folks that do. There are a lot of dentists out there that totally capitalize and utilize their laboratory as a true partner, as a true uh, extension of their business. Um, and I think that's phenomenal. But, you know, laboratories are, 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 are struggling. Um, they're trying to be everything to everybody. Yeah. And, you know, as you know, that there's so many and, and I see it now still, you know, uh, you know, be, being with Zest and, and working with these laboratories and partnering with the laboratories. You have your small footprint laboratories, you have your emerging laboratories and you have your national laboratories. Uh, they all have a lot of similarities, but they all have tremendous differences going on in their business models. And, um, I, I just think it's something with us, with us as an organization, when, when I came on board and we looked at special markets, we thought that it, it is important to have the dental laboratory under that umbrella because it is special. It is, it is a special type of market and it does correlate with our, obviously our products because we are an attachment company, but also with the direction that we're going with our, with our dentist clients as well. And how's that been going? I mean, I know that's an objective to marry the two up. Do you feel like you've been fairly successful at that with the laboratories and the dentists that you're working with, the DSOs? Right. Well, right now it's been three months since I've been on board. I feel like we've had a lot of success, and it, but it's it's it doesn't happen overnight, yeah. as you know. Yeah. And um, you know, when when obviously we look at the dental laboratories, that's a business, and so. Sometimes it's hard to cross paths. Sometimes it's hard to get on everybody's calendar and, um, and and agree on things. But so far with what we've been doing, we've been very well accepted in terms of what, what we're trying to do for them and how it correlates with, with their with their customers. So I, I'm really, really excited about where our future is going, you know, with uh, with our organization as it comes into in conjunction with, you know, the dental lab space. So are you guys going to be at all the meetings? Um, what meetings are you going to next? Do you, do you show at the meetings? I think you were at FDLA. I'm not sure. I can't remember. So yes and no, it depends on, it depends on the meeting. Obviously we're, we're involved with a lot of the, you know, the, uh, you know, the DSO meetings or the, the GPO meetings, uh, dental lab meetings. Uh, we were, uh, we were uh, present up in Chicago. Nice. I actually just, uh, finished procuring everything for our arrangements for Lad Day East. Uh, great thing it is, it is in Philadelphia and it's my backyard, uh, but we will have a, obviously a booth there. And, uh, but we're also going to have uh, a room for education as well. Voices from the bench will also be there. Hint, hint. Yep. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. 
We love our live interviews. Our live interviews and face to face and actually sitting down is, is pretty neat. Um, doing this, doing uh, doing our podcast this way is awesome as well. But Elvis and I, <laughs> I think we really enjoy traveling and getting out there, and uh, that's how we meet everybody that comes on. And it's been uh, it's been really great. So hopefully we can talk to you there as well, right, Elvis, Mister Equipment? Yes. It would be Zeth two interview. <laughs> There you go. We'll do a follow up. Of course we will. We do that a lot. Yeah, we're really excited. I, I, you know, we're hoping for a good turnout, obviously, for Lab Day East. And, um, you know, I'll have one of my clinical support specialists uh, there with me, who's also a CDT, who will be uh, lecturing for our, our time frame that we have uh, set up there. So we're excited. Yeah. Well, good. Can't wait. When is that? When is Lab Day East, Elvis? Is that October? October. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fair amount of time away, but it's amazing how fast time goes when you live in life. It's crazy. So what are you guys working on now? What's new? Tell us new. What we're doing, what's coming out new? Obviously, we have products that we are beta testing and and looking at for our future. So unfortunately, I really can't go into too much detail there. But since, you know, when Locator was brought out in 2001 and it was 15 years until RTX came out, you know, we're we're looking at just other alternatives, other various things that are out there that, that can be used in the market space. Uh, we're looking at other companies. We are looking at various partnerships that, that are out there on the, on the digital platform. But for us as a company, what's where, where we're going is that, you know, the, the, the folks who were running Zest, you know, before we came on board, I think did an amazing job. They, they, they set the stage you know, for us to come in and, and our new direction and take it to a whole different level. And in doing so is that we we're focusing on the things that we were doing good at. Yep. And now we're trying to be excellent at. And then looking at all the areas of opportunity for us, you know, within our organization and how do we better our processes and, and what does our future look like? Because obviously we're still working in the retail space. Um, we're, we're, you know, we're focusing on the special market space and that's not only just from a domestic level, but, you know, we are a global company. So we have various global initiatives as well, you know, for the organization. When you say global, so you're in what other countries, everyone all over? Pretty much all over. I mean, uh, we're working through a number of different distribution channels. So there's a, a, so so we have global distributors that uh, represent our products mm. and that's pretty much where we're going to grow as well. And, you know, and we have multiple different revenue channels, as you know, I mentioned before about the implant manufacturers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we work with, mm-hmm. uh, you know, great dis- distributors like Preet, yep. you know, you, just, mm-hmm. uh, you had Preet on not too long ago. And so they're a phenomenal partner of ours and uh, we're excited that, you know, that we work together with them. They do a great job in terms of their education and their support in the dental community, as well as the lab community. And then we have other type of distributors for our, our Danville products. And then um, our, our global distributors that, that have everything. Cool. Yeah, I guess I think that's the only way to grow right now is globally. So that's, that's good to know you're working with good companies. How big is the FTX? I asked because I went to a program about FTX last year maybe the year before but i've yet to see one come into the lab is it yeah. is it pretty big or and just not in my area 
It's big everywhere else except for you, Elvis. I don't know. I knew it. I'm in a black hole of FTX. So that's a great question. Uh, FTX was launched in 2016, um, around the same time the the RTX was. Yeah. For those that don't know what FTX is, that's our our fixed solution. It's an interesting concept. It's a a very unique concept. Yeah. Have you done any, Barb? Do you know? No. Uh-uh. I wish. And, and at this point, that's not totally surprising. I mean, when the company launched it, I don't think that there was, you know, I was obviously here at the company in 2016, nor, nor were a lot of us at the time. But I, I believe that the way it was launched, it was kind of like a, a gradual launch, if you will. Mm-hmm. And it is a little bit technique, I wouldn't say sensitive, but just different. And a lot of it being done. And the reason you're not seeing it in the laboratory is most of the time it's actually being done in the mouth. Chair side. Chair side. Uh, there, there are laboratory ways of doing it, but what we have done now moving forward is that we are uh, almost like if you look at a restructure or rebranding of our organization uh, and, and, and setting the stage for as, as we as, as we continue to grow in different spaces, everybody seems to be really focused on, on locator and, and mainly RTX. And when I say everybody, mm-hmm. meaning like out there in the dental space, uh, we're seeing a lot more removables than we are fixed. And, you know, Mm -hmm. we talked about, you know, one of the fastest growing segments is, you know, full arch. Um, You know, everybody in the industry seems to be focusing on full arch, but it's it's mainly fixed. So you're doing your whatever you want to call it. You're all on four or five, six arches, whatever the the companies have have all, all positioned themselves over the last couple of years to be able to accommodate those types of cases. But. This may be different in your laboratories, but I've seen in, you know, what with the lab I came from and then what I, I see out there around the country, for every one full arch fixed case that you're working on, there's usually somewhere between eight and 10 removable, you know, implant cases that you're working on simultaneously. I would say that's true. And, and it seems that so, so the volume is increasing, you know, there, there's a need out there. There are patients out there that obviously there's still... 35 to 40 million people in the United States that are dentists and one arch or both. We know that. That's not new, new uh-huh. statistics. And it's still a very low percentage of our implant involved. Very rarely are we seeing a patient that has had a denture for five years decide to walk into a doctor's office and say, I want implants. Yeah. Usually that six month to that two year window after they've been edentulated to where they are now looking at potentially uh, implant therapy. And that's because the dentist probably planted the seed. And they don't want to move forward, you know, living a life like maybe their parents or grandparents did, you know, wearing a denture. Yep. But still, when you look at that, that 35 or 40 million people, there's still a large percentage of people out there that are that have terminal dentition that will be edentulated in the near future. And when I say near future, say next couple of years. Uh-huh. So we know that there's going to there's there's a need there. We know that and we know that the patients that are they're out there looking for a solution. But that doesn't necessarily mean every one of those patients is going to get something that's fixed, and nor can everybody afford something that's fixed. Uh, so when you look at the ratio, the, the volume's incre- the, it's increasing year after year of these full arch cases, but the, the, the ratio is heavier on the removable side. So that's why you see us as an organization is we're trying to support that end of it. Hmm. But when it comes to FTX, it, it, it really comes down to is being able to create the support system for the dental laboratory and for the clinicians that are utilizing that option that's out there. Hmm. So you'll see an increase in FTX mm-hmm. being used. 
but right now, from how it was launched to where it is now, it's not totally surprising that you just you're, you're not seeing a lot of it because a lot of it's being done chair side. Good question, Elvis. You've done your homework. I'm impressed. I'm hoping the doctors are better chair side with the FTX than they are at picking up locator <laughs> housings some of the time. No, yeah, yeah, no comment. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it's interesting that you say that because you know one of our biggest initiatives as an organization is education. And this is where this ties in, like that specific thing that you said, Elvis, is really one of the, the, the is the premise of where we're going with education when it comes to aligning the dentist to the dental laboratory. Because as you know, if, if you have good records coming from your dentists, and as all lab techs that are listening to this know that if you have good records, you're going to be able to produce oh, yeah. you know, a, a pretty good restoration. Now, obviously, there's different lab techniques on processing attachments, uh, especially something like a locator attachment, and then how it fits perfectly back in the mouth you know, the, the day they're, they're doing the insertion. But what I found is that uh-huh. I, you know, I came from a lab, we processed everything try to make it as simple as possible for the dentist. And we did a pretty good job at it. But I see a lot of dentists around the country, they're picking up the attachments themselves. Uh Now, to me, I look at it as there is no right or wrong way of doing it. It's only right if it's working for you. If something's not working for you, then something's wrong. And so when I asked these dentists um, over the last couple months and interviewed them, why are you picking up chair side? And as you know, the number one thing they say is that, well, I can get better accuracy. Okay, that's totally valid. But then I asked them, I was like, well, how did you get to this point? And they got to that point because they were working with their labs. Yep. They ended up having to reprocess in the mouth one or two attachments because there was a misfit. Now, obviously, we can point a number of fingers. It, it could be maybe due to the, um, the records that were taken. It could be something in the processing from the laboratory. So I, I see that there's a, it's almost like a 50-50 right now where I see laboratories are processing and doctors are processing it in the chair. Now, what we found is that there's still a great need for information, support, and education to the doctors on how to do it properly in the chair. And also for you know the laboratories that they're connected with and how the laboratories are doing it. So that's why one of the things that we're doing is working with the laboratories, with their dentists, and creating education to help support the dentist to have a, a, a nice efficient way of doing it. So it makes it for not only for a good doctor experience, sure, but most importantly, it's a great patient experience. I find the majority of the dentists that are not good at it is only because they don't do it enough. And they're even afraid to do it because, you know, you're always afraid you're going to lock that in and you won't be able to get the denture out. And they're so timid about it that they're not good at it. And it's all because of that. It's just they need to, you know, confidence Right. And you got to do it all the time. But isn't that where you're coming in, Todd, as an educator, you know, and, and, and bringing that education to the dentist and trying to figure out how you can teach them how to do it properly and correctly? Cor- correct. Yes. And there's a number of things where it goes back to like our chair side materials that, that work in unison mm-hmm. with the attachments. So, you know, we have something called chair side blockout. So it's very easy. The doctor can snap on the housing with the, you know, with the white spacers uh, if they want, or they can just inject a clear blue blockout material around everywhere where they don't want anything picked up, hit it with a light for 10 seconds, and it, it solidifies. They can do their pickup attachment technique, and then you can just then flick this material out of the mouth. 
And so there's a number of different things that we, you know, that, that work well together. Uh, to help. You make it sound so easy. <laughs> well, that's, that's our goal. I mean, if they're not sending it to you, you know, the, the lab and, and, and getting it processed that way, for some reason, you, you know, the dental lab, like may choose the attachments for them and they do make the denture, but then whatever bad things happen in the chair, they go back to the lab as if it were your fault. Oh yeah. Or they, or they're looking for that support. So for us, we're looking at, it's like, well, how can we alleviate that, minimize, eliminate that from happening, or at least give a little bit more guidance to whether it's the experienced, uh, you know, clinician or the newer clinician out there, where they just feel like they have a support system and they have a little bit more confidence on, on how to, how to go about doing these types of cases, because if they don't have a great experience, they're not going to want to do these cases at all. Yep. I agree. And we want to, obviously, we, you know, we want to avoid that. Yeah. We spend a fair amount of time following up with these kind of cases by sending a technician out to help reset the housings. Yeah. Same here. To get that fit. And locally anyways. I would love it if we could eliminate that. You know, there's some laboratories that, that I've spoken with where they, that's part of their business model. They do send somebody out. And, and part of our uh-huh. education too, is almost like train the trainer making sure that if they are sending a technician out or some type of support person, that they're fully functional and they understand not only our product, but the various techniques. And so the goal is to help support the lab and in, in, in that aspect as well. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I would, I'd love to have you guys come in and, and train our removable technicians more on the procedure and the correct way of getting these cases done. So we don't have to go chair side as often. One of the things that we're doing to kind of go back to when you're saying what's going to be new or what you're, what you're working on, you know, with the digital platform that's out there. And, you know, when you look at printing or milling dentures, obviously, as you know, if you're printing or milling a denture, that's going to be used for an overdenture. The process is totally different now with those attachments versus doing like an injection process technique or a pour technique. And so one of the things that we're working on is we're partnered up with a number of the different companies out there that are that are printing and, and milling dentures. And so in the software, they have our attachments. Huh. So that therefore, when the dentures are actually fabricated, the uh, the recesses will already be done. So whether you're printing or milling, it's already it's already in the design Interesting. on the digital, digital platform. Now, imagine if you're in the lab and you're going to process the attachments in the lab, but you're now printing a denture mm-hmm. also. So it would behoove the laboratory to design with the recesses already in mind, because once the denture is now is, is now completed, now the dental technician, all they have to do is maybe create a little bit of a, they have the recess already done. So they're not grinding away at the denture. They may want to put a little bit of like some undercuts and, and poke a little, a couple of vent holes in, and then it's easier for them to process those attachments chair side. So it's, it makes it a little bit more efficient for the dental technician, in, you know, at the lab. It's the same concept for the dentist chair side. If your laboratory who's going to be printing or milling dentures and you're going to be sending it out to be picked up in the mouth, the best thing you could ever do is set that denture up that it's just ready to be processed immediately. Not for them to have to drill through or grind out any holes. Because as you know, when you're trying to pick up attachments, if you didn't, you know, they're either obliterating the denture to make a big enough recess, 
or it's not big enough. And now you have something that's conflicting in yeah. space and that doesn't make for a great dentist experience. So I think wh- where, I, where I know where we're going right now is that we're creating these relationships. Um, we don't come from a digital platform. You know, we make attachments, but yeah. we have these relationships. We have these partnerships and we do cross over in, in, in that realm. So we want to make sure that we're part of our education, part of our support is aligning with all the various companies that everybody else is using and making sure that, uh, you know, a laboratory can make a denture. The recesses are already in place. There's undercuts, there's vent holes. All the doctor now needs to do is put the abutments in the mouth if they're not already in there, put some block out material in there and they can do their pickup and it's just going to make a nice clean pickup. Nice. That's cool. You know, with all the digital denture talk, I never even thought of what are we going to do about attachments? Yeah. That's great. Well, thank you. I appreciate all of the information that you shared with us today. I'm sure our audience will as well. I think both Elvis and I are interested in um, talking to you further and seeing how we can partner, especially um, I know my laboratory. So, cause we do do a lot of partnering with DSOs and I'd like to see what, what that looks like long-term. So I appreciate you coming on. Definitely. And I'm, I'm super excited to be on as your guest today. And I thank you so much. I think it's a, I love the concept that you have with this podcast. I listened to a number of them and uh, I spoke to a lot of dental technicians around the country that also listen in and they all have positive things to say about it. So thank you. No, thank you so much, Todd. Appreciate it. What is the website? It's Zest. Is it still Zest Anchors <laughs> or is it just Zest.com? Or? It's ZestDent.com. So Z-E-S-T-D-E-N-T.com. Something tells me, I think on my bookmarks on my computer, it's still Zest Anchors. I'll have to see if I can change that. Uh, (laughs) That's how long I've had it saved. You need to. Come to the party. Appreciate it, Todd. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you. I look forward to seeing you all at Lad Day East. If not, hopefully I'll see you before that. Yeah, I look forward to speaking to you uh, in a couple weeks, hopefully. Email me or email me and we'll chat. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Dad. All right. Have a great day. Take care. All right. right, You too. Have a great weekend. Thank you. Bye. So we can't thank Todd enough for coming on the podcast. We definitely learned a lot. Elvis, I learned that you know a lot as well, which is pretty impressive. If you have any questions for Todd or any other guests, feel free to send us an email at info at voicesfromthebench.com. And we will be sure to forward it to Todd or any other guests we have on. Oh, yes. And thanks to everyone who got the T-shirt to support the Race for the Future 6.0. I got to go for my swim shortly after we do this podcast. And then I'm going for a 15-mile bike ride. (laughs) While you might have missed a chance to get a cool shirt, you can still sponsor either Team Voices from the Bench or myself, Barbara Wojan, who is doing the sprint Check out the link on this episode's show notes to sponsor a racer racer to raise some money for the future. Hold on. To sponsor a racer and raise some money for the Foundation of Dental Laboratory Technology Education. And I said that all in one breath and grants for our industry's future. Remember to always like us on Facebook. And if you get a chance, like us on Facebook. Why are we doing this at nine o'clock in the morning? (laughs) (laughs) So join us next week as we bring out the whip and mix things up a bit. Hint, hint, hint. Get it, Whitmix? Good, I like that. All right, everybody. That's all we got. We'll talk to you next week. Have a great week. See you. Bye. Bye. I'd love you, too, if you came and took me shopping. (laughs) 
He wants to go get wiffle balls.